0: Welcome back to the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what is going on in the world, how all of it applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. My name is Brooke, and this is episode number 47, the second to last one of the year.
1: 47. You know, that was Michael Irvin's number at the University of Miami. <laughs> at the U. How random is that for a start, man? It's uh... The Playmaker... All my Cowboys fans out there, what,
0: what? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs>
1: Brooke hates it when I just <laughs> dive in
0: with nonsense. No, I, I don't mind sports talk. It's what is it, sports ball. It's you fine. know what?
1: You know what? I just, you, you know what? You did this no, to me. No, what did I do? I just had a, a, a <laughs> moment of anger come oh, up within no. me because I'm flashing back <laughs> to my Dallas Cowboys playing in your Philadelphia town. Oh, man. The city of brotherly love. That's right. Um, and Michael Irvin went down and was injured and had to be <laughs> carted off the field and your people, your Eagles fans uh, they booed him <laughs> like crazy. And that will live in the memory of diehard Cowboy fans forever. I mean, you brought this up. You the, brought this brought whole thing on fault. yourself. It's my
0: fault. Yeah. Well, they also get it for, uh, you know, what was it? Throwing like ice balls at the at oh, yeah. Santa, you know, they tried
1: to take out Santa, you know, it's one thing to go after the
0: playmaker <laughs> when you don't bring what they want, and they want you know to win what and your, it your people
1: your people there just have like <laughs> a pride in hate. Like you, if you told them this, they'd be smiling and nodding. That's right. I'll give I'll give you this much: you're not smiling and nodding. You're you know, you're a little I mean, embarrassed. I'm, and I, li- I'm totally embarrassed, and yeah, I respect it's, that, it's guys. You can't see his face, but he looks <laughs> embarrassed.
0: <laughs> yeah, rabbit yeah. trail. Yep, yeah, a little bit. Uh, so I have an update for us. Um, let's just hard pivot over to something over here. Um, we had another five kids get sponsored this yes. weekend. Yes. So oh, that's so much more important. 72 kids getting getting sponsored this weekend. I'm so, so
1: excited to hear that. 72 kids. Yeah. My goodness. That's a, that's a lot of kids. That It is. Because we, we had, we had, I haven't seen the numbers. I don't, I don't remember the numbers for our tenants, but we had, we had less than 400 people there on a Sunday and and you know I don't know how many family units that is or how many different people that could write a check, or, right? But to have seventy two kids mm-hmm. sponsored, that is a that is worth celebrating. Yeah. Praise, praise God! Yeah, that's praise really God. cool.
0: And uh, I mean, I'm just just the people that's it's, it's. I saw families with lots of kids and. Um, you know foster families and mm-hmm. uh, you know all kinds of stuff. Like it's not just like oh well, the people that have money are gonna go do this. It's it's everybody is taking mm. part in it, and that's what's really cool. Is it's I met I know? met
1: one of the ladies at the at the um, at the uh, shelter, Women's shelter. Oh yeah, that was uh, was there that Sunday, mm-hmm. and she was she she was so excited, um, and she was honest. She's like, I, you know, this is gonna be a real stretch for me,
0: mm. but I'm doing it. Mm. How cool is that? That's really cool. How cool is I that? I mean, just just the. I mean, even even Kiwi in our in our interview last week, um, she talked about the same kind of thing. Like, you know what? I, I, I mean, we live in that scarcity mindset of yes. I just don't have the money to do it. And she's like, well. I knew somebody that was like 15 and he didn't have a job and he was like, I'm going to figure out a way to do this. That's awesome. You know, so it's just, it's just cool to see people coming together and do it. And Mm. so if you missed out, if you have not had an opportunity yet, if you were not here for the last two weeks or whatever, you can, uh, for the last chance, we, we will still have some packets available this weekend, um, before all of those kids become available to the rest of the world. Um, but there will be packets available this weekend. I know Ron and Cheryl were out there this uh, this past weekend talking with people, so you can go out there and see what packets we've got left. Or if you are an online person, you can go to Compassion.com slash tx, and I will link it again in the show notes like uh, did we, last, we did last week. So, uh, But there are still kids that are in Tapachula, Mexico that need sponsors, and uh, they would love to have you sponsor them. So jump on board and join the party. Now, to be clear,
1: though, Brooke. Yes, be clear. Um, those particular kids, and I'm, I'm guessing there's somewhere between 30 and 35 kids. It doesn't matter. There's, there's, a, there's some kids that are still set aside for our church through this weekend. But after this weekend, mm-hmm. we're going to go ahead and let Compassion, as an organization, uh, find other people. Potentially to sponsor those, those kids that are, that are quote left over. Yes. But for any of our people, whether it's a couple weeks from now or a couple months from now, or sometime later in 2022, that for whatever reason, catch up on this opportunity, there's still an opportunity, uh, potentially, I- I'd say there's a high probability that you can still find someone through compassion in our particular region that we're focusing on down there in Southern Mexico, um, and we'll even talk about that overtly later in 2022. Yeah. So this is a long-term partnership, even though right. it's only available through this coming weekend for these particular kids. We're, we're hoping to not only work with compassion long-term, but to be able to focus on that, that community, that region for a long time. There'll yeah. be other opportunities as well.
0: Yeah. As one of the conversations I had with Steve, um, who is our, uh, our, our kind of connection there with, at compassion um, we had that conversation. It's like, okay, so what if what if six months down the road we want to do this? We want to have a conversation about it and talk about it from the stage, but not do like a full blown Sunday, you know, Compassion Sunday, and and um, you know, maybe we're just talking about uh, some people that just started coming to the church, and they were like, oh, we want to we want to do that too. And um, we talked about that there will, w- there should be the the ability to get a kid in that region and be able to do that. Um, but the truth is, like some of the kids that. Uh, um, uh, let's see, I think it was, uh, somebody on staff was telling me about the, they, they grabbed the, the, um, the person that had the, the kid that had been, uh, unsponsored for the longest. And it was like, it was like 192 days or something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was, it was like, it was a really long time. It so was, there's it still, was,
1: it was longer than that. Cause I think Kel- Kelly and Daryl, uh, sponsored a particular kid who's not from the Tapachula area. Mm-hmm just because it had been like 300 and something days. Okay. Maybe, like they, so maybe just, yeah. they just felt convicted like this poor kid. Yeah. Um, you know what I've been, uh, maybe this is a, a, a little bit of a, of a minutia moment, but um, the in compassion, if I'm, if I'm saying this right, you can spend $38 a month to sponsor a kid, but you could click a box and pay a few more dollars extra. I think it's like seven or $8 a month extra which helps to take care of other kids yeah. that are waiting around to be sponsored, right. but they're not necessarily waiting to be cared for. Yeah, well, and and that so. is
0: that is a good that's a good distinction um, there. And so I asked that same kind of question when I when I went on the trip. Um, what about the kids? So, Hey, so you grab all these kids and they're going to be available to us as a church. What about the ones that don't get sponsored? Are they just stuck? Sorry, you don't get sponsored. And compassion has a fund yeah. that they take care of, uh, unsponsored kids in the area. So it's not like, okay, we went and found, you know, because if you look at the packets, they have a, you know, it's a picture of some of them, it's just the kids, some it's the kid and their parent. Right. Um. You know, so it's not like, hey, we went and found a hundred kids and took pictures of them all and told them about compassion and got it. And, and we and, only and, found 23 sponsors. And then we only yeah. have the, and so all the rest of them are just going to be like, sorry, you yeah. don't get to go. So no, they I, still take those kids. They yes. still bring them in. They still get the gospel. But it's
1: meant to be a short-term arrangement. It is a short-term thing, right. And, they, and they're also missing out on that sponsor right. relationship. Right. It's so just, there's no relationship involved. It's just funding.
0: Right. It's just the funding is there, so so at least at least they are not uh, you know left out in the cold, if you will. Yeah, um, they still get to be involved. They but you're right; they don't have that sponsor um, relationship that they can that 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 that, they, uh, that, that compassion really loves and, and really pushes theirs. Um, but so all all that to say. If you didn't do it and you still don't and you still don't do it by this weekend, or if you maybe you listen to this podcast, uh, you know, six months from now and you're like, oh, that's really cool. I wish we could have done that. Well, um, you can always contact the office and uh, or, or me directly or whatever, and we will get you in touch with with compassion. We'll figure out a way to get you get you a, a kid from absolutely from the same area where where we're all doing the same thing. So
1: so I'm putting you on the spot here, Brooke, because yep. a lot of this work and planning is ahead of us what's your best guess? We're just talking here. It's podcast, you know, it's conversation, right? What's your best guess on when we as a church focus, uh, very, uh, intentionally on our compassion partnership. I know that compassion as an organization advocates for all of our churches like ours that Mm -hmm. partner with them to have, you know, one Sunday a year. That's what they call Compassion Sunday. Right. That is just a, another chance to tell story. For us, for example, if we did that next right. year, it's a chance to tell stories to have people in our church tell stories of the kids they're sponsoring, their relationships, tell stories of maybe even a visit that may have happened by then, probably not by next year. But those kind of things, mm-hmm. I know that we don't have it on the church calendar. I know that we don't have it planned yet. But I'm putting you on the spot. What's your what's with what you know about? Working with these folks, what's your what's your hope? What's your uh, your guess?
0: I, I think it's I think it's extremely difficult right now. I, I'm I think about the, the world that we're living in right now. That that a lot of those churches that we're partnering with the compassion uh, the compassion projects in those areas. A lot of them are still dealing with COVID issues um, and things like that that prevent us from being able to go. So I agree. I, I think I think another, um, you know, having another Compassion Sunday sometime, maybe late, late fall or something like we did this year um, would be really great, uh, especially if we have the ability to um, to share the stories. And we're always talking about sharing stories and, and wanting to be able to do that. But um, I'd love to be able to say, you know, over the next year, we had, you know, 10, 15 times that we shared an update from somebody who's sponsoring a kid down there mm. um, that, that we could say, Hey, you know what? Here's somebody who's sponsoring a kid. They're going to come up and read the letter that they got from their kid. If you haven't done Ooh. this, this is a way that I you like can that. jump in. So I think there's opportunity for us to continue to talk about this um, throughout the year. I don't know what it looks like for taking a trip. I love the idea. I just don't know that yeah. it's a 2022 thing. And yeah. I don't know that we'll know, Until we have like, you know, third world countries have a handle on COVID and and figure it out. I mean... Every time there's a new variant we are also in the process of trying to figure it out. So, how I do think,
1: we how do we get to Omicron already or whatever? Is I thought we go A B C D E is it a Greek Greek letter thing? It's or? a
0: Greek letter thing, yes, and I read about this very briefly and I can't remember the full answer, but it was basically like there, there were, were other variants that weren't as big that weren't a big of deal. Oh, I see. And then and then there was like the Omicron or Omicron or whatever, I don't know a Greek alphabet. My mom would Okay, Shoot so that, sorry, but... I took a, a us <laughs>
1: <did, that's> right. <laughs> um Well, I didn't expect you to have any clarity on trips. That's not even. That's probably 2023 at the earliest. Even if, even if pandemic. I mean, who arra- knows? Yeah, who knows? But, but what I hear you saying, a couple things that excite me. Yes, is that we can look forward to as a church. I would think realistically, sometime in the fall, another full blown. Let's focus on our partnership. Let's celebrate. Mm-hmm. Let's make some more packets available. Mm-hmm of, of more kids in that region, we can, we can, uh, sponsor. I also just spontaneously to hear you voice, um, just having somebody come up and read come up some, a letter, somebody come up and just share a picture. And, you know, we, we traded, um, you know, notes this past month. And this mm-hmm. is so cool, mm-hmm. man. Why don't you oh, I am put, I'm, I'm saying this in front of everybody. <laughs> why don't you make that happen? Like at least once a month. If not a couple times a month, if we just had that as a part of our Sunday mornings mm. where we had any layperson, regardless of their speaking skills, yeah. their comfort level, you know, doing something like that, just come up and read something, come up and just share candidly, um, you know, a minute and a half tops on what's, what happened. Yeah. And I, keep that in front of our people, celebrate. Yeah. Can we do that?
0: I think that's a I think that would be a lot of fun. I think it'd be a really cool way to continue to be a part of compassion and have it in front of us. But it's gonna require that all of those people that sponsored yep. have to write those letters. But you know what?
1: I'm I'm saying this out loud for our listeners because it may not make the stage sometime soon. Yep. I'll forget or who knows what'll happen. But any of you listeners who have sponsored kids we got seventy two kids that have been sponsored, so I know a number of our listeners are right here in the middle of this with us. If you email podcast at colonialchurch.com uh, or Brooke directly, bjames at colonialchurch.com, either way, and say, I want to be a part of that. I want to I want to be put me down for some time in the next few weeks or months. Mm-hmm. Let's start with Pat Page. Pat Page just shared with our elders this past week. He's like, oh my goodness, look at look at the picture of, of my, my, my kid that Shani and I are sponsoring, and I'm so excited, and this is what he sent, and... Or not he, but the organization sent about, Mm -hmm. I believe his name was Abner. He was so excited. Um, Let's just, let's get that ball rolling. So any of you that are willing, uh, it's not about you. It's not about the attention you get for being a a giver or a sponsor. It's about blessing our church with us trying to build a culture of global focus, of partnership with compassion. Um, You get a chance to show off your kid. You get a chance to show off, look what God's doing. So come on. There you go. Open the floodgates, people. I'm making I'm making hand gestures here
0: that you can't see. That's Come right. on, bring it, bring it. It's a great hand gesture. You did you did well. Thank you. All right. So we're talking about the future. Let's 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 pull it back a little bit, but let's talk about the future of the next couple of weeks. Okay. Right? Here so at Colonial. Logistics stuff. Just because at some point to- at some point we have to, right? Christmas is coming. It's only weeks away. Like what what are we like? Two weeks, week yeah. and a half, something yeah, like I was, that. I was I was trying my to son, shop yesterday. My son who has no concept of time is still like huh. so how many sleeps until huh. Christmas? Oh, poor guy. And so he's he's super excited about it. So I uh, sorry, I cut you off. You were shopping yesterday. Shopping yesterday. I don't I don't I don't recommend that. <laughs> shopping at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every time I go to Target, I'm like, oh I'm just Tired. so crowded and <laughs> but you know. All right. So we have Christmas Eve. Is up first. Thank you, God, for Amazon. Actually, you know what? Let's let's back up even farther than that. Let's go back to this Wednesday, just in case you happen to listen to it before Wednesday, and you want to be a part of this. Jingle Jam, Jingle Jam coming up. Jingle Jam, six thirty on Wednesday night. And uh, if you were here this weekend, um, what's your? You were there, obviously, on stage, and um, I got. Tell us about Jingle Jam. Jiggle Jam, what what you're excited about.
1: I'm excited because I think this is one of those rare times that um, on a kid-friendly level, we just get goofy. We just get fun. Our kids' ministry folks don't hold back with humor, with joy, with uh, celebration of the season, and... um, I don't even know. I, I got roped into being a part of it last year, so I uh, or two years ago. I was going to say, I was, I was we, about to ask, we, was we that we didn't, two years we ago didn't do you it did it it with year. Alex? I got totally roped in. I was actually on stage and a part of it. Uh, <laughs> this year, I have no idea what's going on. I, don't, I couldn't tell you what the content of the program is like. I uh-huh. just know they've been spending a lot of time on it. And I just sense a new level of excitement from them. Maybe it's the Emily Love factor. I don't know. but She getting, does bring a level of excitement. She's getting a little cray cray, as the kids like to say these days. I, uh,
0: um, I, I came to pick, so a couple of my, my, my daughter, my oldest, is helping with the, the crew side of things, the, the backstage, the making of things and all that. And so I came to pick her up uh, after, after they had a, a rehearsal the other day. And, and so I only saw a glimpse of, uh, of what's going on. And, and the excitement factor that, that Emily Love brings is, is definitely still there. In the three minutes. I love that about (laughs) her.
1: I'm a big for, for the record, Emily or anybody else that loves Emily. That's, 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 uh, listening. I'm a big Emily love fan. She's zany. She's energetic. Zany. Zany.
0: I like that word. Okay. Um, I think it applies here. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be fun. Jingle it's going to be, so uh, be so fun. It's going to be so fun. 630. Do you know, it's in this, the auditorium. It's, it's in the auditorium. So just come and hang out, come yeah. and watch it. It's yeah. going to be geared towards kids, but man, and there's on. an
1: after party mm. in the cafe that is not just food. I know foods involved, okay. but also crafts and some things for kids to actually sit down and do, uh, do with your family, do mm-hmm. with each other. Uh, it's, it's going to be fun. That sounds
0: like lots of glue and glitter and paint will be, um, available. Can't, can't I don't tell know you. that, but can't tell you. I can't tell you. Okay. Nope. All right. Christmas, Christmas Eve is, is only another week later. Yes. So what's going on on Christmas Eve? Christmas Eve is a Friday.
1: Uh, if anybody doesn't know, we're doing two services here at Colonial, 3.30 PM and 5 PM, uh, about an hour each of those identical services. Uh, I know that, uh, a lot of, a lot of planning has been going into that too, uh, on a music side, it's especially just a fun worshipful, but also celebratory festive, uh, evening. Um, we are bringing the candles out and <laughs> there's just something not creative, but just so downright sentimental and, and special about being with your family, um, being together Christmas Eve. I don't. I don't know what traditions people have. Some people open gifts the night of the twenty fourth. Some people open gifts the twenty fifth. Some people do a little bit of both. Uh, but we'll be we'll be done here at the church by six, a little after um, on Friday for that last service. I I can't wait. It's a special time. Uh, I think I'll speak. I'll speak a little more personally as a staff person. But you can relate to this, Brooke, uh, as a staff person because we don't have services on the Sunday after Christmas. That's our Sabbath rest weekend mm-hmm. each year. we've We've made that rhythm, started that rhythm a few years ago. Uh, there's something even more special, maybe to us as staff who put a lot of work into this and And then the night of the twenty fourth, we all just do a collective uh, oh <laughs> like, love my church, love our jobs, but let's let's go be with our families and let's rest, yeah, and so I'll be that real and just say that's still like reason number 18. I yeah. look forward to our Christmas Eve services because I just take a big breath afterwards. Yeah. And, uh,
0: well, so Christmas Eve services are basically family services. Absolutely. So we'll absolutely. have, we'll have some, some child programming from birth uh, through, birth through, I think kindergarten, through kindergarten. Yeah. And, uh, but after that, bring them with you. Yep. So I'm going to have grade my, up.
1: bring them into the auditorium with you. Yeah. Um, my girls with me and, my my message. In fact, this is just a more encouragement to parents. My message will be about fifteen minutes. It's it's a lot of music. Um, it's a
0: it's your a, message is a lot of music. My message. Well, my message is a lot of dancing actually. Okay, that's good. That's even better. Music oh, and dancing. God. Or for, just music. God forbid. No dancing? God forbid. There's only dancing and no music because that could <laughs> be fun too. Let
1: me let me backtrack here. <laughs> my message will be no music or dancing, but it will only be fifteen minutes long. Uh, and a lot of listeners went sweet. I'm coming to that one. That's, right. That's uh, right. But there'll be a lot more music than normal, and 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 a full band with uh, the full gamut of mm-hmm. of sweet, quiet, so- solemn moments to jamming out. Yeah, celebratory moments. It, it'll be fun. It'll be a good weekend.
0: So then we follow that with our Sabbath weekend, as which you is just the twenty sixth.
1: Two days later, we will not have services. No help services. us spread the word. No tell your services. friends. Tell your family. No services you on the twenty sixth. You are welcome
0: to come up and practice parking in the parking yeah. lot. Knock
1: on the door even. He's going to be fine. <laughs> no one no will one's answer. answer. Yes, uh,
0: we will not be here because I mean, I've I've been, I've, I've worked at several different churches, um, you know, over the course of what 15, 18, 20 years now. I don't know how long. Um, And, and I've done, we've done those things where it's like, oh, we did a Christmas Eve service and then we did Christmas morning services. And then, oh my goodness and then you turn right back around and it's like, whenever that weekend is like, you might have, like we we could easily have, you know, three, four different days that we had services throughout one week. And it's just like, man, it's exhausting. And I get it that people like tradition and they like to do those kinds of things and they want to bring their families to them. But as you just said, as a staff person, it's like, man, that sigh of relief is like, oh. Well, and we we're not even on the high end in.
1: of 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 uh, busyness. Like I think of our more traditional sister churches in town, like right. maybe the Methodists, um, maybe some of the the older traditional Baptist churches that have you know choir concerts and maybe even like a like a. Uh, live nativity scene yeah. and the kind of things that I grew up with. Right. There's a ton of energy and hard work that goes into all these things. Right. Sometimes all the way through the holidays. And I think some people forget that, okay, where's the, where's the time of rest? Where's the time with family? Right. For these people making all this stuff happen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we always
0: talk about Sunday's coming. The yeah. next one, the yes. next one is right there. And so it's like it's not like, well, we'll get through that and then we'll be able to rest, nope. like, because then it's just nope. well, you just keep going. And yeah. and so yeah, so I'm I'm excited. I appreciate the Sabbath uh, weekend specifically for that because I mean it gives us time to to rest as a family, um, and before we go back to you know get back to to it. And in, you, know you know what well.
1: you mentioned the scarcity mindset before. This speaks, this rhythm, for all of you still new to this rhythm with, with us here at Colonial, this rhythm speaks to our commitment to teaching and, and really trying to live out. We don't have a scarcity mindset. We believe that God owns it all, that it's all His anyway, that there, He is limitless, that His resources are limitless. Uh, and therefore, um, in spite of the pushback, that some people give to this particular rhythm of of a Sabbath weekend. Mm. Uh, Okay. We're going to risk that we don't get an offering that week. (laughs) We're going to resist, resist that people don't give the, the the potential that people don't give that 52nd Sunday. Oh no, we only have 51 Sundays where people give, Mm. Uh, you know, when you've got a, a million dollar plus budget, that's a big deal to take a Sunday off. And I, I've known you know, executive pastors, for example, in my past working in other churches, to your point, that are like, oh, no, 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 we can't do that. You know, we can't we can't do an, uh, an out experience, like I'll go to the grocery store. What about giving? Right. We can't take a weekend off for a Sabbath weekend at the end of the year. What about giving? And I love that Ron Downing and others go, it's going to be okay. Like God, <laughs> yeah. God owns it all. Yeah. Let's communicate well yeah. about giving opportunities, but let's not. You know, go. Oh my goodness! There's not enough. There's not enough. That's a scarcity mindset. Yeah. So, well,
0: especially as times have changed and things are different, like you, you don't have to. Have to be present. You know, you don't have to wait for your the bucket to be passed in That's order right. to be able to to do it. You yeah. Know? But yeah, we yeah,
1: we still have people that give absolutely. In, in I'm our not wall saying you can't do that, right?
0: And drop checks by and. Technology um, has just changed things yeah, you're that right. way too. So. You're right. You're All right, right. So one more, one more thing, the, the, the following weekend, which is the first weekend of the year, which is the second, the second of, of January, January. Our schedule is slightly different there as well. Yes. We have also made an adjustment there at
1: the risk of just confusing everybody. Uh, <laughs> it is known across the, the, at least our country in our, the Western church, that that is the least attended Sunday of the year. Wow. Uh. For us specifically this year, it's, it's a couple days before school resumes. So some families will still be out of pocket. or and take, it's
0: January, the, the, the new year weekend, yeah, like the whole new weekend. Year weekend. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we are just, you know, you know what, let's not fight it. Let's join it, so to speak. <laughs> uh, and we are going to have uh, a worship service, but we're only going to do one and we're going to do it at our later of the two times. So we're going to do it at 11 o'clock, 11 o'clock only. On January second, and then the following week we will resume our regular schedule nine fifteen eleven, starting the second weekend of January, which so, is the ninth, which is the ninth. It's so, a lot of numbers to throw at you. It is. We got some smart people though. I think we're down to like <laughs> only a couple rewind. three Aggies amongst all of our colonial people. Yeah. So I'm not really worried.
0: about I think people are pretty sharp. You know, it's funny. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't relate to that joke. What joke? About about Aggies? Oh, I'm not joking. Okay, that's fine. Um, I don't relate <laughs> to that fact about Aggies. Um, Aggies are not a thing in my Did world. Did you hear
1: how the Aggie died drinking milk?
0: I, uh, apparently not, no. The cow fell on him. Oh, man. It's, it's tragic. A... It's tragic. So are we talking about A&M? Is that what it Yes. What this is? Texas I A&M? know.
1: We're too far north for my Aggie jokes, aren't we, people? Yeah. I was in Houston for 17 years, and I'm a Baylor bear. So... So is that
0: basically? Should I stop
1: making Aggie jokes? I don't know. I mean, you know Buddy Trump is no longer <laughs> with us. He was my favorite Aggie friend here at Colonial and he he passed away a while back. I miss Buddy. Buddy was great. But yeah, you know what? I guess it's not a real good joke to I'm throw. just I'm, I'm just
0: saying I don't I don't uh I don't relate. So I'm I'm usually like wait, okay, what? Which ones are the Aggies? Uh, mm. Oh, oh, the a, okay, yeah, A&M. Okay.
1: Hmm. <laughs> Hmm. Did you hear why? Okay, I'll shift gears. Then. <laughs> I'll shift gears. Did you do you know why it's so windy here in Texas? Um, no, because Oklahoma sucks.
0: Oh yeah. There Come were, on, you've heard that one before, I have, right? I totally heard that one. There's also, and of course, of course, you're saying this because I'm I am an Oklahoman because I'm from. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm trying to bring it home to yeah, you. No, it's fine. It's fine. I get it. I get it. It's cool. Uh, my <laughs> favorite, I think, my favorite T-shirt of all time, Oklahoma Texas stuff. Yes. Was a picture of the two, and it said Oklahoma will always be on top because it had the two states outline and I was I like, like, "That yeah, okay. I like that. That's, it's, that's, it's just, it's just right there. It's simple. It's like all it right, carries right. itself." So the Book of Acts, we. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we continue to the Book of Acts this Book week. Of Acts, yes, um, and we get to really start to dive into uh, Saul. Yes. And Saul's story is in we the first. The first eight chapters really have nothing to do with him, except obviously it's lead up to to his story. Correct. But, uh, and then and then the one brief reference at the very end of I think it's at the very end of eight, right? That's correct. Where it's like, hey, by the way, he was here, and he thought that was cool when they killed a guy. When they killed Stephen. And then now we move on. Yes. So we're in we're starting chapter nine here. Yes. With Saul, not yet named. Paul, correct. as we normally would know him, correct. And we talked about his conversion story. Oh uh, yes, and um, I remember I was talking to Pat. Uh, I
1: referenced him earlier as one of our elders talking to Pat recently, and he's like, "Oh, I'm so excited! I've been looking forward to this story to where Acts kind of shift gear, shifts gears." And so, yeah, I I don't know if my excitement was visible enough on Sunday from what was going on inside me. Uh, I tend to hold back a little bit. Um, I've been told I. I'm I'm, like, it's kind of like, I want to be a hugger. I want to be a dancer. And instead, you know, I think, I think I'm, I think I'm dancing and I'm really just barely swaying in the moment. Or I think I'm hugging some, or I think I'm worshiping with my hands, like (laughs) stretched to the, you know, the ends of the room. And instead my, my right hand is like barely above my head.
0: Hang hang on, hang on. You think you're a hugger. And you, you, you think you're hugging, you think you're, da- I don't understand the equation between those on two. on the things. outside
1: of my body. I think all this stuff's going on to express my excitement, but I, I see myself on video. That's what I'm trying to say as a hugger. Like, I'm like, I just don't look excited or
0: no, I, I guess. So, I'm, okay. So maybe you're saying, maybe, are you saying that there are times, wow, I really just that spun a that circle. That I here? need to go back and think about how well I hugged said no, person. I
1: messed up with the hugging reference. I think I'm, I, I want, let me back up. I want to be a hugger uh-huh. and I walk up to somebody and I fist bump them or I, I, maybe I high five them. Okay. But in in my heart, I want to bear hug. I want to, I'm more inhibited than I like, and I didn't say it right <laughs> when okay. I'm preaching. Let's bring it back to the, to <laughs> preaching about the book of Acts. I, I, inside, I was so excited leading up to preaching and teaching, uh, mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this conversion story. I love what God did in the life of Saul. It makes me think about my own conversion story and all this stuff. And I, I, don't, I haven't watched the video yet, but I just, I don't know if I displayed my excitement as much. Mm. That's what I was trying to say. Okay. Somehow hugging got involved. <laughs> I'm sorry. Somehow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, no, sorry. Such I, a dork. I was,
0: I was willing to derail it at that point because I was curious what it's like to want to be a hugger.
1: I want to be less inhibited. It was, it, can we get back to the, the text? <laughs> Crazy cool story, what God did with Saul. Yes. And um, it just makes me think about all the, the different stories we can tell, all of us, about how we've collided with God. Yeah. About how uh, how we ran from him, how mm. we uh, were lost and wandering um, how we even got to know things about him, but still stiff armed him, so to speak. Uh, and yet how God has continued to pursue us. And, and, um, I mean, on a side note, we've talked about this, Brooke, and and I really hope 2022 looks noticeably different. We want to create a storytelling culture here at our church. And so we're, we're, uh, I know we're gonna talk about it tomorrow morning at staff meeting, some things we're looking ahead to do in 2022. Spoiler alert. And spoiler alert, storytelling (laughs) is going to be pretty near the top of the list. So whether it's back to what you mentioned before about a compassion, uh, Mm -hmm. relationship with Mm -hmm. a kid, whether it's about your own conversion story, uh, whether it's about what you just saw God do recently in your life or in the lives of people around you. Oh, please, dear God, help us tell more stories. Yeah. I think they're telling Saul's story, telling your own story, t- hearing somebody else's story. is just so central to us continuing on our journey with Jesus, mm-hmm. you know? So, so fun yesterday. You're not asking this. I'm thinking it. Um, one of the things that comes to mind that I didn't, I alluded to, but I didn't really talk about at length yesterday that's on my my head, on my mind. You know, there's just... No two conversion stories that are alike, Mm -hmm. Um, or at least there's a lot of different kinds, you know? Right. And I think that was a big milestone moment in my own journey, well into my discipleship experience, well into my life with Christ, was, oh, you know, look at all the different encounters Jesus had with people. Like, let me just rattle off a few from the top of my head. I didn't prepare this. You know, when the when the rich young ruler came to Jesus, uh, and all this off the top of my head, so I hope I, I say this accurately, uh, he said, what do I do? How do I get eternal life? And he told him to obey all these commandments. The rich young ruler said, okay, I did all those, which is that in of itself is pretty crazy. And then Jesus said, okay, well then sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And the guy dropped his head and walked away. Uh, Jesus later talks or in different, a different time talks to a Jewish Pharisee and the guy is like, what, you know, what's going on? What's the deal? And Jesus says, well, you need to be born again. Of course he didn't get it. What do you mean? I got to go back in my mother's womb? He's like, no, no, no. Spiritually, you got to be born again. You got to have new life, new birth. And you know, uh, he meets a woman who's being accused of adultery and going to get stoned. And he, just genius, you know, gets Mm -hmm. rid of everybody, gets rid of all the accusers and then turns to her and says, is anybody condemning you? And she says, no. And he said, well, you got to be born again. Oh no, wait. He didn't say that. Mm -hmm. Well, you got to give all your stuff to the poor. Oh no, wait. He didn't say that either. Mm -hmm. He said, well, I don't condemn you either. Now go and stop doing that. (laughs) Yeah. And she left. Now we don't know. Those are, those are just three quick examples. Um, He doesn't say be born again to everybody. In fact, we don't have any reference anywhere else he said that to anybody. Right. He doesn't tell everybody to give their stuff away to the poor. We don't have any reference. He just said that to the rich young ruler. He doesn't say to everybody else, I don't condemn anybody. I don't condemn you. I don't condemn you. Just go and stop sinning. you know, he just said that to that one young lady. Mm -hmm. We like to make things into formulas, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I'm as guilty as anybody. I'm not pointing fingers, but we liked, we just want it to be simple. We want it to be repeatable. We want to put it on a pamphlet. Yeah. We want to be able to say the same things. Right. There's really helpful tools out there. Like what's called the Roman road. Right. Which is like, let's just walk through Romans. Let's just look at this. This is what salvation means. And it's, it's actually a really good Mm -hmm. comprehensive tool. There's what's called the four spiritual laws. If you want to look that up, it's a little four step deal that, that, uh, organization called Crew or formerly Campus Crusade for Christ has used for at least two or three decades, three or four decades. That's a great little simple formula for talking about conversion stories. My point is, it's just so tempting to put these formulas together. My conversion story is nothing like Saul's. I was not blinded on the road mm. and then blind for three days, and then, you know, somebody came and ministered to me, and then I was baptized. Yeah. Like that's not even yeah. remotely my story, yeah. you know? So I, I know that we want to make it simple, and I think at some level, just like we, I tried to do yesterday, we can talk about key elements of what life before Christ and encounter a collision with him looks like, and then what repentance looks like after, what what choosing to deny self and trust him looks like. But I also think we've got to resist um, our own inclination to oversimplify it, to um, just paint with a broad brush, you know. Again, why I love the thought of, oh, what if we heard 25 stories over the next year about collisions with God? I think it helps us understand, oh, mm-hmm. everybody's unique. Yeah, God is unchanging, but he meets us in different places in different ways. And, um,
0: well, I think that's a big deal. Um, you know, when we don't share those stories and the only stories that you hear are the dramatic ones. If those are the only ones you hear, I don't know how many times I've talked to people that have been in church for a long time or grew up in church or, um, you know, they followed Jesus for a while or whatever. And they're just like, yeah, but I'm not a druggie, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. "Ah, I know, but, I wasn't uh I wasn't trafficked. I wasn't found in a ditch or, you know, whatever. It's like I don't have any I don't have any crazy cool like I was blinded on the street and then scales fell from my eyes. Like there wasn't a random person that that came up next to me while I was reading a book and then he disappeared and was snatched away. You know, I don't have those cool stories. And it's like, well, then 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 they start to uh it becomes an easy way to start questioning like, how do I did I really do that? You know. Yeah. And so that I think it's a great thing to be able to share stories to obviously, but to be able to share those stories that maybe they're not just quite as dramatic. You know, we we talked about um, uh, we've had Doug on here um, and talked about his story of um, you know going to prison and right. uh, dealing with dealing drugs prior to that right. and and where God has turned his life around and um, and so much has changed and that's amazing. Right. But that doesn't mean that there's not somebody else that grew up in church. You know, I think about my story. I grew up in church. I was there all the time. We literally were there every time the doors were open. There was a reason to be there. We were we were going to be there. We were in the choir and the stagehands and on the you know my, my parents taught Sunday school classes and and all the above and we were you know Sunday morning church and Sunday night church and Wednesday night church and the meal and uh, you know and everything you know and so it's like okay well I didn't grow up. You know, in in abject poverty or, uh, or whatever. But I came to a place in my teen years that I kind of hit that wall, that collision with, oh, this is different now. I've met someone that is not just, oh, because my parents always believe this or we went to church or whatever. And so, yeah, you know, mine. It wasn't it wasn't a, a blinding on the street. It wasn't a in the moment thing. But it was over the course of time. It became like a. I'm starting to realize, right. Who Jesus actually is, who God actually is to me, and yep. and and then it even you know as you as you talked about where where Paul wasn't like a he you know he got blind and he was like oh okay I'll give my life to you he then spent the next X number of days in in darkness and right you know and so it's it's it, there it's okay to have a story that's over the course of time and it isn't overly dramatic to yep. to, to change everyone's world and I I just think that's you know what one of the you know?
1: On that note, what one of the most helpful experiences for me, it's unique to me. I grew up in a Baptist church where conversion stories was a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, We had the guest who came and spoke, and she used to be a prostitute in New Orleans. And then she, you know, went to a uh, like a big tent type Mm -hmm. event and she came to know Christ and her life changed in an instant, you know? Right. And she just had crazy stories to tell and drug use and time behind bars off and on and right. prostitution, which as a kid, I'm like, Oh my goodness. You right. know? Um, but the conversion story, like when, where were you, when you collided with God, when mm-hmm. God collided with you, where, where were you, when you met Christ was, was a big deal. When did you decide to give your life to Christ yeah. and b- were baptized? That's a big deal. Well, it was an early 20 something. I went to work in the Methodist church. I've, I've probably shared some different stories around that already here. At Colonial. And for four years, I worked in the United Methodist Church uh, down in the suburbs of Houston. And it was overall just a wonderful experience for me because, A, I met people who were very different in their traditions who loved Jesus. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't have to be Baptist to love Jesus, you know? And um, And I learned some of the strengths of the historical Methodist Church and the way they uh, were much more tied to church history and traditions and some of the rich things that come from that, the creeds, yeah. things like that. I also learned that some of my Methodist friends didn't know much about the Bible. They mm-hmm. weren't as uh, immersed in Scripture as my tradition, the Baptist, seemed to be. That was my observation. But one of the key things that blew my mind at first and and really troubled me, if I'm honest, at first before I kind of came to understand their differences is I asked a very Baptist question to my Methodist friends at the time. Where were you when you met Christ? Where yeah. were you when God collided with you? How old were you when this happened? And so many of them, not all of them, but so many of them kind of would tilt their head and go, "Ah, uh, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd, I, I kind of went to church off and on for a while and then I started going regularly and my wife and I started talking about stuff and, you know, somewhere over the course of the next six or eight years, yeah. I really feel like my faith became my own, and I, I started talking to God a lot, and um, and somewhere in there, I just, I committed my life to him. Hmm. And I, I can't tell you when that was, Yeah. which to me, as a young person, relatively young Baptist in my background, I'm like, what do you mean you can't tell me the moment, <laughs> you know? That's a huge deal, yeah. you know? And what I found, if I can say it this way. My Baptist experience was very much about that, that first-time decision mm-hmm. to follow Jesus. My Methodist experience was very much about the journey, mm-hmm. the ongoing process of transformation. Mm-hmm. I, I believe we need both. Mm-hmm. That's where I've landed. We, there is clear um, insight from Scripture that we we begin life with him at some point. Yeah, it, he he's pursuing us. We at some point collide with God and have an opportunity to begin life with him, trusting him, following him. We celebrate that with baptism. And to be born again, to be born is, again, as, as, as you don't get born, born again, specific moment. Yeah, that's if you well will. put. You don't get born again over the course of six years. That's a long <laughs> birthing process, <laughs> that's a long labor. You get born again in Sorry. a moment, in, in a particular day, in a moment, right. but you are transformed mm-hmm. over a lifetime Mm -hmm. you are sanctified you are changed over the course and so I love pulling the strengths of both those traditions together from my vantage point
0: and and celebrating that so yeah 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 I didn't have scales fall from my eyes I'd like to see what that looks like I don't know uh I don't know what it's like to be blind first off and then to have scales fall from my eyes and be like oh that was on my face that's different yeah (laughs) I don't. It's uh. I mean, just just uh, just that whole that whole thing is is crazy. It's just it's a different experience, I guess. Absolutely, you know? yeah.
1: I I feel like I've seen the the full spectrum of those kinds of conversion stories. You know, it mm-hmm. blows my mind when God acts so quickly, so decisively, so dramatically, mm-hmm. and it also blows my mind how crockpot
0: like. It can be for some people, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You also talked about uh, you talked about the the Lone Ranger Christian. Yes, and that that's not really a thing, right? Lone Ranger, by the way, he was a cowboy, uh,
1: black and white era. <laughs> rode a horse named Silver. He did. Uh, we won't, is, we won't high even high get into Silver. the Tonto stuff. That was, you know. Probably just awful for. There's plenty of
0: issues with that. Yeah, I loved it growing up. Oh, I was on. a.
1: I had a. I had a tone. Uh, a tone ranger. A, a Lone <laughs> Ranger and Tonto uh, action figure and horses. I had Scout, the horse that Tonto rode, and uh-huh. Silver were really off on a. <laughs> here. But I just worry our our young people. Oh, you know what? Johnny Depp played Lone Ranger. He did recently. What was that yeah. 15 years ago? Maybe it's been a while. Uh, and that was a terrible movie. I still enjoyed it. Well, just because you were like four.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um. <laughs> so
1: no. I, I mean this, I, I will, I'd like to think I'm a good listener and I won't die on a hill with people about most things and we can disagree and love each other. I just feel so passionately about this belief that there are no Lone Ranger Christians. It fatigues me. Mm. The number of friends I've had over the years, um, even even few that come to mind here in Wichita Falls, but certainly a lot more in my previous places in Denver and Houston. That they 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 claim to have a relationship with the Lord, but they somehow are not just sleeping in on a Sunday or playing golf on a Sunday or whatever. But they're just doing life on their own, mm-hmm. and they think that that's the life God invited them into, um, and that does not compute with me. I think that he he made us. For him, and he made us for each other, period. Yeah. And I know that the institutional church, just like all institutions, will let us down. And I know that's a number one reason why so many people go, Nope, I'm doing this without the church. Mm. But life is messy. The world has fallen. The church is even not as it should be, not just society right. or government or whatever. You, you got to stick it out. Um, I don't know that I've quoted Augustine in a while. Um, One of my all-time favorite, I would say two or three quotes that come to mind, uh, is that Augustine said, the church is a whore and she is my mother. And I think true words have never been spoken. She has betrayed us. She is broken, messy, embarrassing, scandalous. And she is the mother of my faith she is the reason i have life she is the reason i have been introduced to jesus she is the reason i have purpose and i'm not saying this as a pastor i'm saying this as a christian yeah and so yeah she's a whore but she's also my mother and that was said centuries ago yeah and um so that should tell us something the church has always been a mess yeah um but i just there's no room there's no room for this belief that we can do this on our own. It's not biblical. Look it up in so many ways. It's not biblical that it's me and Jesus. It is biblical that it's us and Jesus.
0: Well, and there's even, even the justification I hear, uh, use that. That's like the, well, it's just me and Jesus, you know, and it's like, it's like, that's the, when life is, when life is rough or the people around you are, are, uh, not supportive or, are, are just really upsetting you that's the that's the refrain well me and Jesus it's just me and Jesus it's like well no there needs to be more than that and I that's agree. the community I think that another thing when you talk about conversion and you talk about uh needing community um it, it just when when you start talking about that I, I start thinking about like our individualistic society right yeah everything is you know we talk about this the the like I go down the aisle and Pray the sinner's prayer, and everything is personal to me and my personal Lord and Savior, as the as the uh, the, the phrase goes. And um, and then and then I think about like the uh, uh, the jailer in in I think it was I think I want to say it's Paul and Silas, maybe maybe Barnabas. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, you know, the, there's the earthquake, and they are let out of prison, or they're they're all they're, they're all free, and he's about to kill himself, and the jailer is about to kill himself because he's like, well, they're gonna kill me anyway, so. And then they come out and Paul and 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 Buddy uh, are are talking to him and he said he decides to follow Jesus. And then it says, so he and his household decided to follow Jesus. I'm like, well, his household wasn't there. They're out of jail. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like this is a community decision now at this point. we don't live in that kind of a communal world. Right. But that's just, it pops into my head when it's like, okay, we're talking about conversions and we're talking about, hey, you can't be a lone guy. You have to have somebody with yeah. you. You have to go along with people. And then there's the stories like that that's like, so they made it, he made a decision and they all follow Jesus. Yeah. And it's like, huh.
1: Yeah, that, that's a great example of uh, even culturally, we we live in such, compared to the biblical times right. and, and Middle Eastern culture mm-hmm. back, back then and probably still today, we just live in such a, such so much more I should say of an individualistic society yeah that um, you bring you bring up a good point we we're just used to making decisions for me mm-hmm. and so why wouldn't I make a decision with the God of the universe for me mm. and yet I think that's a understandable baby step under that's it's a it's a spiritually less mature <laughs> understandably I mean you're beginning when you begin life, we're babies. And and when you take your first few steps, we're toddlers. We're not adults. Mm. So it shouldn't be any different understanding. When we begin life with Jesus spiritually, we're babies. Mm-hmm. And then when we take those first few steps, those first few weeks and months, and maybe even a year or two, it's, it's, it's being a toddler. It's being a young kid. We're not going to, we're not going to, I, I get me and Jesus at first. Mm-hmm. I don't get me and Jesus after we've known him for a while. Yeah. Uh, I also especially don't get, you know, if we've if we've tasted, you know, community, even if it hurts. I I, I guess I do get that. You know, when you get hurt, you protect yourself and you don't risk again. Yeah. I think some people have been hurt by the church, people have been hurt by community in different ways, and so they just they take less risks. I get that. That's our fallen nature. Uh, and maybe I need to take more of that into account as a pastor, as a br- big brother to people. Some people just have have become porcupines in their own way to community because they they got hurt before uh if that's a fair analogy mm. I just I just want to, and and I'm also a connector oh my goodness for any of our listeners that have been around at all they they know I'm such a people person I've got other issues I I'm, I'm such a people person that I can't I can't relate to people who resist friendship yeah. people who resist small group experiences um, I don't have enough time in my life. I wish I had more time to be in another men's group, to be in another couples group, to, yeah. to experience more friendship with people, to have more people to lean into in in the times of crisis. Um, and of course, all of us have limited time, uh. But we're made for it. We are made for it here at Colonial. The home run here at Colonial is we want to make disciples. Uh. And we believe discipleship happens in relationships, in community. The home runs to be in a group, we say that all the time. I said it, we had our More About Colonial lunch yesterday. I said this, I said that if we have people coming up to us in our leadership over time saying, wait, 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 you're saying if we're not in community, if we don't have a strong desire for community here at Colonial, if we're not in groups, if we're not on serving teams, then we're we're actually not really doing this Colonial thing, Right. Hmm. And I think more and more our leadership is going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not shaming, we're not judging, but yeah, that's that's what we believe. It's all about. That's what we believe. Wherever we believe growth happens. So yeah, if yeah, if you <laughs> want to watch online occasionally, come on an occasional Sunday, but not be in a smaller group on a smaller serving team, not d- rubbing shoulders as you like to say with people.
0: Is my phrase. Yeah.
1: Then yeah yeah, you're missing out. Yeah. That's what we we're made for.
0: Well, I mean, then you even go into the radical minimums, you're our fifth radical minimum to, you know, engaging purposefully. And whether that's in a mentorship relationship or even just in communal relationships, yes. it's still needed. Still, it's still potentially radical as well. Absolutely. All right. Let's wrap it up. Okay. Give me your one version, your one minute version. Why is this conversion story important? Not just Saul's, but the concept
1: of Mm -hmm. conversion story. Yeah. Put me on the spot here. (laughs) What comes to my brain is that Jesus said, um, go make disciples, teach them what I've commanded, Uh, tell everybody about me everywhere. And I think that if all we do is tell his story, we're doing a good job, but we're not doing everything he wants us to do. He wants us to tell his story and he wants us to tell our story and ultimately how his story and our story intersect. And so I really, I really believe that. I believe with our coworkers, with our neighbors, with our classmates, with our friends, with our family, I think that faithfulness in living out this life following Jesus includes telling God's story, our story, and how those stories intersect. Mm. And our conversion story is very much at the, the center of that. When did our stories collide? When did God in his grace collide with us?
0: Even if you weren't a prostitute. Even if you, <laughs> I know
1: you're not trying to be funny, but that just... For the record, I was not. But even if you're not, um, in all seriousness, whether you, you, you were a prostitute, like I remember this lady sharing at our church growing up, whether you... Dealt drugs like you yeah. know one of our favorite people here at Colonial that that's now in leadership, or you just had a boring Brooke like or Lauren like story of going to church and I my parents taught me about him and I came yeah. to know him or anything in between. It's it's our story. It's our where our story intersects with God's story. That's what we have to tell.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I've told many many people of the years. If you just if all you do is stand in front of our people and say, God's amazing. Mm. I love him. He loves me more than I deserve. If that's your story, that's an encouragement to yeah. a ton of people. Yeah. Oh, you believe this too? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, he's collided with you too? Mm. That's, that's awesome. That's not boring. That's not remotely boring. Yeah. Wait a second. The God of the universe collided with you? That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. On that note, let's pause this sucker. Pause this conversation. We'll pick it up again next week for our last episode of the year. So we have one more Sunday. Can I can I interject? Okay. Yes.
1: Do you know why the Aggie um, <laughs> oh, walks goodness. down the street <laughs> carrying a car door? Carrying a car door. Let me rephrase this. One time, an okay. Aggie was walking down the street carrying a car door. <laughs> Other guy comes up to him like, "What? What are you? What are you doing? Why? Are you, why are you carrying this car door on the street?" He's like, "Well, i just really practical. Anytime it gets hot, I can just I can roll down the window."
0: Wow, that's something. I forgot where you were. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That is uh that is something. When's Oklahoma leaving the Big Twelve? Oh That's what gosh. I want to know. Not soon enough, apparently. Shoo. Shoo. Um I've got to get away from jokes like that. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> um so we have one more episode coming this year, uh, unless something crazy happens. We're gonna be we'll we'll have one more episode come out next week. And then we will be into Christmas. So, uh, Lauren, what can we expect next weekend? The last weekend before we get to Christmas stuff and the last month of the year.
1: Well, we're still going to be in the Book of Acts for one more Sunday, so that should not be a shocker. <laughs> but uh, you know, school will be out. Um, some people will already have left town for sure, but we'll have—I'm sure—we'll have some family and friends in town next weekend. Uh, I think it'll be a different vibe that that Christmas break will have started. We'll be getting excited. People will, even the slackers who haven't put the lights of the tree up yet, will be stepping into Christmas season and getting ready for Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Uh,
0: this Sunday is going to be going to be fun. Yeah. Are there still people out there that don't have their Christmas tree up? I don't know. You got you got people on the other end. I don't even care. No. And my 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 wife and kids make me do it
1: long before. Yeah, long before. My now. wife like, and kids make me do it the day after Thanksgiving. Which, I've had
0: which, it up. I've had Christmas lights on our house prior to Thanksgiving. That's I didn't wrong. this year. That's wrong. I didn't this year because we did I, you can look it up in the book. That's wrong. <laughs> that's, it's absolutely yeah, are the,
1: the Hodges, I think, represent a lot. <laughs> some people who like it's October. That's right. And they're like, we don't need pumpkins. We don't need Thanksgiving stuff. We're right to the Christmas Already music. Christmas. And it's like, no, that's wrong. Man, look it up I'm telling you guys look <laughs> at it. at open the book look it up it's wrong the
0: book which which book is that I don't remember is it the farmer's almanac it's, that the, it's in? the authority on oh, yeah, when one. you decorate for Christmas <laughs> that's the one according to Lauren man I just have to say man that's, can we my, wrap this sucker up my kids all are like running around with their own devices because they all have their own opinions now because they're getting older and you, you've probably experienced this but my gosh the, the Christmas music started so early and now it's constant and and it's clashing because one of them will listen to one of the songs and the kid will be like, oh, I want to listen to that again. So now it's happening on the right side of the house. Mm-hmm. and the left. Oh, my gosh. They all need headphones, which they all have and they don't use. <laughs> it's good stuff. This has been the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. You can always get more information about Colonial here at ColonialChurch.com or from the App Store or the Google Play Store where you can download our app. And you should get it because that's where we keep everything updated. We'd love to hear from you, so send us your questions. Podcast at colonialchurch.com. I was going to say thank you for listening, but now I'm getting another hand gesture. I would add
1: questions, podcast at a colonialchurch.com. Yeah. I would
0: add uh,
1: any interest in compassion stories. Sharing your in, compassion in, stories. In, even if it's months from now that you end up doing it, but it's podcast at colonialchurch.com. Aggie jokes. Any Aggie jokes that you think are well worth <laughs> repeating podcast at colonialchurch.com
0: or or if you're out there and you're with me and you're like why are we talking about Aggies you can can bring that too bring that fervor thanks for listening we'll pick it up next week see you guys